Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Traveling in the Old Testament a lot the last while and we are staying there for another week spoke about Samson, the fact that he didn't recognize God's presence when it left, never was a man of God's presence, only sought after the power. We spoke about Saul versus David, David spending all this time in the fields alone, getting to know the presence of God. And so when he faces, faced Goliath, he was not afraid because he knew God face to face. Again, Saul, a great man, tallest man in the army, when Goliath said, send your biggest man, where was he? somewhere in a tent, <laughs> waited for the man who knew God face to face to come. And so we're looking in the Old Testament and what every biblical preacher, theologian, academic guy that is filled with the Spirit will tell you is that every Old Testament test, text, if you look into it, Jesus is there. And so the heart of the Old Testament is to point us to Christ and our living faith, not to be a book with a list of names. So we are drawing these truths from the Old Testament into our lives, asking the Holy Spirit to awaken our hearts. When dreams are crushed, reflections on the life of David. So just a quick disclaimer. I'm sorry if tonight at certain stages it's going to be a bit brutal and a bit graphic. Um, I don't, I'm not making an excuse for the Bible. I'm just warning you. <laughs> Because the Bible can be quite a graphic book. so. Uh, but the Kiddish Church has left. We can do this. Are you ready? Just, just tap someone next to you and say, Jy moet wakker wees. So let's address this thing that is very hard for pastors to, to address. And sometimes... Uh, but the truth is that dreams often gets crushed. Do you know that? If you don't know that, it means you're closing your eyes for what's happening around you. Or you are shutting down when friends experiences this. But the truth is that this actually happens. But let me just put tonight's sermon in perspective. Let me tell you what, God is all complete, overwhelmingly good. Know and understand this. We live in a sinful world, which we will be saved from at one stage forever. Okay. But even in this world, there is some amazing times that you will experience. Maria and Yanda got married two weeks ago. What a feast. God was there. I experienced his presence and we danced the night away. And it was God that allowed that evening. Um, just a week ago, we dedicated Annette and Jacques' baby boy, Mashant. What a blessing when parents come and say, listen, God gave us this boy. We're giving it back to him. The family was there. What a feast. Edeline Alvain, engaged. Who fooled Edeline? 
It is, it is amazing. And God is in those moments. But there's something in this world that tells us those are the only moments when God is involved and present. And so when we see the, the magazines and the romantic comedies, it, it shows us the same message over and over. And there's only highlights. There's only dreams that come true. And it's not true. The reason we don't talk about the broken dreams is because we don't know what to say. And so we pretend it's not there. We hope that person in church with the crushed dream will not, just not talk about it because it makes a bad testimony. Imagine Rian coming to the front tonight. Just want to say, someone broke into my car, stole my TV, and then I got beat up. Thank you, guys. And then he goes and said, I mean, it, it doesn't make for a great testimony, and we don't know what to do with crushed dreams. Now, I just need to wake us up in our minds, but also in our hearts to this. What about the 23-year-old lady that did not dream to be divorced five months after her wedding? Do you guys know it happens? What about the father who was not supposed to bury his daughter? What about it happens, people? It wake up. It happens. Don't live in a vacuum. What do we say? We, we can't just say, God is good, hallelujah, and then move on. You have to be able to sit next to that person. And that's where we are tonight. She wanted to dance, but now she's in a wheelchair. In this world, dreams often get crushed. And we're going to get into that. And we're going to go for the meat tonight. All right? When we're going to just quickly browse over David's life, incredible. I just want to say, the reason I'm addressing this is so that you can have hope when a dream or dreams get crushed in your life. Because what the culture is telling us without addressing it is that there is something wrong with you when a dream gets crushed. Surely God has left you. That's why you're in that trouble. And no one wants to speak. No one has the words. And there you sit. Is, does God love me? Is there something wrong with me? Let's see what scripture says. King David, the most beloved king, called a man after God's heart. The writer of the Psalms. Hey, what is Jesus called? Son of man and son of David. This is a great guy. I mean, come on. This is the 15-year-old gentleman stepped up to the plate, took a stone, smashed Goliath, boom, chopped off his head. Okay? He's got some butchery skills as well. Okay? Of course. I mean, he's keeper of sheep. This is the king. What happens is, made an error or two when it came to women. And so the situation is that he's got an older son named Amnon. Say Amnon. But the other hand, say Absalom. Amnon is one vrouw's kind. Absalom is another vrouw's kind. But Absalom, he's got a sister from the same mother. So David and the mother, okay, same parents. That sister's name is Tamar. 
Absalom's sister. Now, the other brother, Amnon, falls in love with his sister. Okay? As it in your family, beer, problem. Okay? And now what happens is this guy loves his sister so much that he actually he groans on the inside. He lusts after her. She doesn't notice him. She goes, she's going on with life. He is crazy in love with her. And so what this man does, we, we pick up the story where he pretends to be sick and asks King David, his dad, to order his half-sister Tamar to bring some food. Okay, Because he wants to ambush her in his room. This is the story. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, this is now David, please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar saying, go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. For David, it's a practical thing. He's hungry. You can make food. You know, go help him out. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house where he was lying down and she took dough and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight and baked the cakes. She took the pan and emptied it out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, send out everyone from me. So everyone went out from him. And she's thinking, whoa, wagen amal. Okay. And then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the chamber that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, come lie with me, my sister. Okay. She answered him, no, my brother, do not violate me for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. Okay, it's a brutal and it's a very vivid story. As for me, where could I carry my shame? What will I do if the nation knows what my brother wants to do to me right now? That's what she's saying. And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. Well, she's suggesting maybe David would allow me to marry you at least. But he would not listen to her, and being stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. He raped her in those moments, in that chamber. That's what happened. That's David's family. The mighty king, the great David. The story goes on. Then Amnon hated her. Listen, I'm burning with love for you after this event. Then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, get out. Go. Listen, if you've experienced this as a woman, it's heartbreak. This happens, okay? This is real stuff. But she said to him, No, my brother, for this is wrong in sending me away. It is greater than the other thing that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. He called the young man who served him and said, Put this woman, not tomorrow, put this woman out of my sight out of my presence, and bolt the door, lock the door after. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves, for thus 
who were the virgin daughters of the king, dressed. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her, and Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the long robe that she wore, and she laid her hand on her head and went away crying. She walked like this. Hopefully no one saw her, but she's crying. And her brother Absalom said to her, okay, now this is her brother from the same mother and father. Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? He addresses the matter. Now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. So he's hushing her, okay? So Tamar lived a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard of all these things, he was very angry. So David, how's it going with you? It's going great with me. Awesome, spending time with God. Job. How's it going with you and your wife? Oh, me and Bathsheba, we're getting along great, building our relationship, but planning our retirement. How's the kids? David, how's the kids doing? And this thing rocks up in David's life, and it's got, it wasn't even him that sinned. Okay? You're talking about dreams being crushed. This is his oldest son. This is the one supposed to take the throne. This is David's blessing of the generations. This is his retirement plan. His oldest son just slept with his daughter, raped her. Okay? Let's go on. The, the story continues. What Absalom does is he waits two years, okay? Two years, and he plans an event to take his brothers away. We'll pick up there. Then Absalom said, if not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, why should he go with you? But Absalom pressed him until he let Amnon and all the king's son go with him. Then Absalom commanded his servants, mark when Amnon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say to you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Whose sons is this? This is David's son. This is the great king, the beloved. This is his family. Then kill him. Do not fear. Now he encourages them. For have I not commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each one mounted his mule and fled. So they, kill, they killed Amnon. The rest of the party, they now taking their horses, Alamark Lane, okay? Because who's next? We don't know. Okay, so And while they were on the way, the news came to David, Absalom has struck down all the king's sons, and not one of them is left, which was a lie, okay? It was only one, Amnon. Then the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the earth, and all his servants who were standing by tore their garments. So the men came to David. They said, luckily, it's not all the sons, it was only Amnon. First thing, his oldest son rapes his daughter. Then the second oldest son organizes a party and kills the oldest son. The next thing that happens is Absalom, the now oldest son. Next slide, verse 37. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, 
the son of Amihud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son after that day, and then he runs away. I'm telling you what, we're reading too quickly over these passages. What happens when dreams are crushed and they show up at David's door? A man who's got a repentant heart and love God. This is not a good retirement plan, I'll tell you that much. Now what happens now is Absalom is away from home for a couple of years. And Job, the general of the army, goes to David and said, let's bring your son back in. Maybe Job is thinking he's a good successor as king. Long story short, they bring back Absalom into the kingdom. And David says the following. So Job arose and went to Geshur and he brought Absalom back. Now he's back. It's a few years later. Don't let the... The short time of this sermon confuse you. And then the king said, let him dwell apart in his own house. He's not to come into my presence. Okay, so he's allowed back in Jerusalem, but he's not living with David, which means he's separated from the, the bloodline of the kingship. He's not, he's not living in the palace. Are you with me? Okay, don't, don't, don't tap out here, okay? Now, in all Israel, there was no one so much to be praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. For from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. And they go on to explain how great this guy's hair is. No joke. I mean, he needs to shave it off once a year and then it weighs a couple of pounds. Okay? But there's a problem in this man's life. It doesn't matter how great he looks and stuff. The reality is, everyone knows he's not the successor to the throne. That's the problem, because he's not living in his father's house. He's living in another house. And so that's not good for his Twitter following, okay, in the kingdom. They have that there on tablets. Huh? <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> So listen to this guy. He carries on with his stuff. He goes to Job, the guy that brought him in, and says, Job, please go to my dad and ask him if I can move back into the castle. I want to be with my dad, you know. Job ignores him because you don't just go before the king. Okay, if the king don't like what you say, you're in trouble. Job ignores him. What does Absalom do? He burns down Job's farm. You thought your family was weird. <laughs> They're Okay burns down the man's farm and Job says why are you burning down my farm it's on the go read it for yourself it's too much scripture he says get me a meeting with my dad Job goes in and he gets the meeting and David says to Job so he came to the king and bowed himself face to the ground and he kissed Absalom oh sorry I'm just ahead of myself here 33 yes so what happens is the king says you may bring Absalom this is the first time he gets back to, Jake, to David. And Absalom's coming in. So when he came, the king, he bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed him. And what that meant, at that moment, what you need to understand is, the king doesn't have one PA that sends an email and gives an update. There's a lot of people 
in the throne room checking what the king is doing. If the king say one thing, there's five people writing, sending out messages. There's slaves, there's governors, there's leaders. They're all there witnessing the political vibes in the kingdom. All right? To make sure everything is in step. If, nation, if David says something, it happens. It gets carried out through a band of people that works in the kingdom. And here they are, and he's kissing his son. And what he's saying is, I forgive you, my son. You are a son again. Looks like a good moment, but it's not. Check out. After this, very next verse, Absalom got himself a chariot, some horses, and 50 men to run before him. First thing he does, as soon as he's welcomed back into the castle, is he takes his dad's stuff for himself. And what he does is he builds an army. Why? Check what happens. And Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the way of the gate. And when any man had a dispute to come before the king for judgment, Absalom will call him and say, From what city are you? And when he said, Your servant is of such and such tribe in Israel. What this man is doing is he's waiting outside the gate. And when people are coming that's supposed to meet David, he would intercept them. He said, Don't worry, my dad's busy. He's, he'd be wearing royal clothes. He's got the best horses and the men. He's got a table or a mini office set up, and he intercepts all the people, and now he handles what his dad is supposed to handle. Now, what he is doing is because he's cutting off the communication between his dad and the other people, he's building the trust to himself, all right? And he's starting to build an army for himself to prepare to take over his dad's kingdom. It's not looking good for David. That's what's happening here. Check what the scripture says in 2 Samuel 5, 6. Thus Absalom did to all of Israel who came to the king. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. God says David is a man, man after my heart. But Absalom stole the hearts of the people. Isn't that interesting? And a messenger came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel have gone off to Absalom. Then David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, arise and let us flee or else there will be no escape for us from my son. Go quickly, lest he overtake us. Quickly bring down the ruin on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. This was not the dream of the 15-year-old David when he killed the giant. It was not his dream when he was faithful, found Saul in a dark cave, did not murder him. He had his heart towards God. He thought, you know what? I'm going to walk in God's ways. And you know what? I don't care what men do. God will judge me. This is not what he thought would happen. And so he is 61 years old here, David. And he has to run for his life again, like when he was young. That's not a retirement dream. He's 61 years old. Now, I need you to imagine, I need you to imagine someone you know of that age, a grandparent or a dad. And, and check this next slide out. This is this heartbreaking. But David went up the Mount Olives, weeping as he went barefoot. 61-year-old David is walking as he's crying with something over his head. 
the mighty David, the king after God's heart, and Jesus would be called son of David. We don't have a message for people when their dreams are crushed. That means that as Christians we are clueless if we look at this. This is a heartbreak as it gets. This is a moment where the biggest tragedy in your life, the greatest family shock, whether it is death, sickness, separation, the going haywire of siblings in your life intersects with the Bible. The Bible is not a book out there in the clouds. It's a book here. This is real stuff. And so I want to say so long, there's nothing wrong with you if you have experienced stuff like this. It does not mean God has left you, okay? It means that your dreams are being crushed. It does not always work out. But so what to do about it? Let's go on. Are you with me tonight? So David takes a bunch of men, a small group of men, out of Israel, out of Jerusalem. But now his son follows him to kill him. His son marches with a bigger army. And David says to his commanders, we have no choice. He's coming to murder us. We're going to have to meet him in battle. I ask you this one thing. What did he ask? Who can remember? He said, be kind to the young man, Absalom. Why is he a man of the God's heart? You see the heart of Christ. Being crucified? Father, forgive these men. That's the heart. Not because he was a great king and had everything. Even in moments when his dreams are being crushed, he says, be kind to the young man, Absalom. What he's saying is, bring him here alive. Maybe we can have another moment where I kiss him on his head. Maybe this can happen again. Very smart. David's guys are older. They lure the army of um, Absalom into a forest. Now, you can be 10, 20 times more than another army, but if they know how to fight in a forest, they will take you. And that's exactly what happens. They take 20,000 men are slaughtered in that forest. They, they speak about the forest that ate the, the soldiers. Now, the man with the great hair is in the forest and you see now where the story comes together that you saw in your little Bible book when you were young. He runs and he did not shave his hair yet. And his hair catches onto a tree and he actually hangs in the air. Crazy. That man's got some hair. Okay. why the guy from triple x shaves his hair <laughs> everyone knows it so the men of job job is the charge of the army knows it's been told bring the man alive so they leave him hanging there it's not a nice moment for absalom anyways and they go to job and say we've seen the man but we did not touch him and he's like don't waste my time. Go kill that man. 
They're saying, no, we're not touching David's son. Absalom says, give me. He takes three javelins. I think it's the next one. Next slide. Not one javelin. He pokes three javelins and put it through one heart. Is that what it says? It doesn't mean the heart. Yeah, no. Not, not one javelin in one heart. Three javelins in one heart. Okay? He's still alive. They're taking him down and then they killed him. I told you this is brutal. But you know what? When dreams get crushed, it's not nice. It's as gut-wrenching as someone sticking something in your heart. Sometimes some of the stuff that happens to us is so bad, we actually wish we'd rather die. Like David. Heartbreak. Now, his oldest son was murdered by this one, who now were the oldest son. And this guy had a future. People liked him. He was a handsome man. He did well outside the gates. He is now also murdered by the general of the army, one of David's closest friends. He's been with him for years. They threw his body in a pit covered it with stones. Done. That's how the story ends. Next slide. We're almost done. And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, Oh, my son, Absalom. Oh, my son, my son, Absalom. Would I had died instead of you. Can you see Christ in the heart of David? But Christ did come to die in your place. Amen. So we see this picture between David and Jesus. And after all of this, I need you to think what must go through this man's heart right now. Everything has been taken from him. He's got nothing left. And this is his last words. It's a few verses longer than this, but just to keep it simple, I'm reading the first part. David's last song. After all this, this is what he says. If we can go to that next slide, please. Thanks, Sander. Um, verse 2 Samuel 22, 2. Oh, oh, you changed my slides. Ah, I see. <laughs> the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Excuse me? Deliverer? His external, external circumstances fell to the floor. He was demolished when it came to his family, his kingdom, his house, his children. There's nothing left. Deliverer. You see, this man knows the difference between circumstances and what's going on in the spirit. Everything fell to the floor around me, yet I am delivered. Now that is the spiritual maturity that the church needs to move to. In all of this, I have a deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. You know what he's saying? In all of this, in all of this, I'm running out of my house physically, yet in here, I am safe. I'm in a refuge. 
my God, you've never left me. And we have become so, guys, I'm, it's a hard word, but just take it and eat it, all right? Because we're growing mature believers here. We've become so shallow in this world that we think that God is good when it's going good with us. And we think that God is bad when something is going wrong in our lives because of sin. We need to grow beyond. So when it's going great with me, it's a fatal mistake. Fatal, fatal, fatal. It will sink your faith. If you believe when it goes good with you, it means God is good. The heart of David is what we need. When dreams are crushed, God remains faithful. And he feels it, but he knows when he comes, you will be delivered. And then, never again, will your dreams be crushed. Are you with me tonight? We need to grow up into maturity. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. This man is singing a worship song after all of us. And I am saved from my enemies. The waves of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, in my distress, in my distress... Which was real? What is your distress? What did you do? This is what he did. I called to the Lord. I called for his temple and he heard my voice. I called from his temple. And my cry came to his ears. In other words, he heard. A man after God's heart. He's there when you get married, Maria. But if somewhere along the way there's another dream that gets crushed, he's there as well. You know what I'm saying? You guys here that got engaged, he loves it. He's there. He's the one making it feel so great. If somewhere along the line there's something else that goes wrong, a dream, he's there as well. We need to get that. Finishing off. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, he shall not hunger. And whoever believes of me shall never thirst. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. There's your sure foundation. That is the thing that will never be shaken. If dreams are dashed and they fall like bombs, you will never be cast away from Christ. Ever. That's why he can be your refuge while everything else falls to the ground. That is 100% sure. But he's not being shallow. He's not talking about only superficial things. He's talking about the depth of your spirit which needs to be covered by a Savior. That's Jesus. Law scripture for the night. Know this. See this. Who shall separate us? That's what the scripture is talking about, people, from the love of Christ. Tribulation, that means people are chasing you out of your home, like with David. Distress, persecution, famine, nakedness. As it is written, for your sake, okay, he, he's being very graphic. As for your sake, we are being killed all day long. He's talking about the suffering of the prophets and the saints. 
We are regarded as sleep to be, sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, in all, in all, in all these things, distress, persecution. I'm not saying we must look for these things, guys. It's just tonight. If you're visiting us only for tonight, we're not talking about this every week, but there will be a time and you must be ready because in those times, what will separate you from the love of God? And you will be a conqueror through it. If you know that when Christ says he's your sure foundation, he's talking about something a lot deeper than what you only see and feel in this world of circumstances. Eating, being married, having friends, having a wife, having children, all these things are from God. But in this world, they are very fickle. <laughs> know this. They are very fickle. And in the next world, they will be sure. Let us grow to maturity.